Welcome to Sibylline Podcasts, part of our insight series where we aim to provide relevant, timely and actionable analysis in a discursive format. We hope you enjoy listening and welcome any feedback. Please visit our website for more insight series updates. And as always, like, subscribe and share. Hello and welcome to Sibline's podcast series. I'm Liana Samchuk, Lead Europe and Eurasia Analyst, and I'm joined today by Luke Hugs Brusso and Sophia Wolfert, our Europe Analysts, to discuss the upcoming federal election in Germany, which will take place on the 26th of September. Louis Sophia, thank you both for joining me. Uh, this election is, of course, a highly anticipated event. So to start off with, could you please talk a bit about the significance of this election and describe what the current polling suggests about the potential outcomes that one might be looking at and who are the main uh, players in this race? Yeah, sure. So um, this will be a very interesting uh, election. Uh, at the moment, there are three main players. So we have the uh, center-left Social Democratic Party of Germany under the current finance minister, Olaf Scholz, the current incumbent party, the center-right Christian Democrat Union and Christian Social Union as a uh, coalition under Armin Laschet, and finally the Green Party under Annalena Baerbock. If this election had happened a few months ago, around May, we might actually have been looking at the uh, first ever victory of, of the Green Party in Germany. As it is, uh, the Greens have, have lost their majority in, in, in the last few weeks to months, and we're currently looking at a historic possible three-party coalition result. So the Social Democratic Party at present is expected to gain the most votes during the elections, but it's very unlikely they'll gain enough by themselves to form a majority government. So for that reason, it's likely that they'll seek coalition partners with the Greens, uh, almost certainly, given that in the last three uh, pre-election debates, both Annalena Baerbock and Olaf Scholz have, have sought to um, position themselves on, on very similar policy lines. But the identity of a third coalition partner still remains somewhat up in the air. Thank you. And uh, specifically with regards to the Greens, as you mentioned, their latest polling numbers seem to have declined a bit in the final weeks of campaigning compared to earlier this year. However, bearing in mind the increased amount of attention paid to climate-related issues, especially following the floods in Germany over the summer, and of course the most recent IPCC climate report, which highlighted some quite alarming risks associated with climate change. How do you see these issues impacting the prospects of, of Greens ultimately in the election then? As Rui already said, since the last Bundestag elections in 2017, the Greens' popularity increased considerably and they performed really well during the most recent European parliamentary and German state elections, especially in West Germany. Over the past couple of years, the Greens were also able to develop close relations with German businesses, with Annalena Baerbock um, actually becoming the most popular party leader among German executives this April. Also this spring, the Greens became the second most popular party in Germany for several months, but their support decreased from 25% to 16% by now. This might be surprising um, because of the deadly floods in Germany in July and the recent climate report published by the United Nations, but it could be explained by the Greens' persistent struggle to engage with um, lower income voters. Nevertheless, they are still polling as the third most popular party just four days before the election. So it is highly likely that the Greens will become the, a decisive force both during the upcoming coalition talks and later on in the Bundestag as well. Great. Uh, thank you, Sophia. And uh, of course, on the other side of the political spectrum, we also have the far right, the alternative for Germany, which has been campaigning on uh, anti-vaccine and other anti-COVID-19 uh, measure platform. 
Um, given that over the course of the year, we've seen some of the largest and most frequent anti-vaccine protests take place in Germany. Could you uh, talk a bit more about how the pandemic has uh, impacted the popularity of the far right and are they expected to garner any considerable support um, at the election on Sunday? Yeah, so the pandemic's had quite an interesting effect on the German far right. At the grassroots level, far right groups in Germany actually saw an uptick in membership and activity during the pandemic. And this coincides with data released by the German um, Interior Ministry suggesting that the number of hate crimes and crimes committed by far right groups during the pandemic actually increased quite substantially. In terms of the forthcoming election, the story is slightly different, given that most of the contending parties have pledged not to include alternative for Germany in a possible coalition. Obviously, we'll have to wait until the negotiations begin to see the truth of this and how this, and how this uh, holds up. A priori, it's quite likely that this will prove problematic in the mid to long term, given that the anti-establishment rhetoric of a lot of far-right groups, um, not to mention far-right political parties, tends to capitalise upon feelings of frustration and exclusion from the um, kind of national stage of uh, politics, so to speak. So even if uh, Alternative for Germany does see quite a poor result at the forthcoming elections, which is anticipated, it's still possible that we might see an uptick in far-right violence uh, and activity in response to that. And of course, uh, another potentially important question is the kind of broader geopolitical and foreign policy angle of, of this election. Uh, one important thing to note, of course, is that the uh, Nord Stream 2 pipeline has been officially completed and is awaiting certification by the German authorities. Of course, this project uh, has been criticized not only by the US, but also by some European countries, as well as by the Green Party in, in Germany. Um, so to that end, can we expect any notable changes in Germans, uh, Germany's foreign relations after this election or any notable shifts um, coming up in this area? Again, it's a very good question. It will depend largely on the formulation of, of the uh, forthcoming coalition. At present, it seems very likely that both the SPD, the Social Democratic Party, and the Greens will play a dominant role in any future coalition. Both parties have pledged to pursue uh, the um, status quo in terms of EU integration, ESG standards, and rule of law concerns both within and without the EU bloc. Um, they're also likely to pursue something of a uh, transactional approach toward transatlantic relations. More of note, however, the Greens have stated they'd like to pursue a policy of halting the development of Nord Stream 2. Um, obviously, this is uh, exciting concerns over European energy security uh, and, and uh, over-reliance upon um, Russian gas. In the long term, though, this is unlikely to, to materialize, given that the SPD is quite keen to maintain the, the status quo related to Nord Stream 2. In terms of wider foreign policy toward Russia, they're, they're likely to pursue the same policies that the current um, CDU, uh, CSU coalition have under Chancellor Merkel. Great, thanks very much, Louis. And then my last question then is with regards to Germany's economy and business environment moving forward. So what does this changing political landscape ultimately mean for businesses operating in Germany? And could you highlight a few key implications and possible trends to look out for? Um, sure. A government coalition, including um, the Greens and the SPD, is expected to introduce um, tax increases to boost investment in um, education, digitalization, and decarbonization processes. An SPD Green government would also mean increased levels of public investment at least until 2023 that could encourage consumer spending throughout next year. 
If the Greens become a governing party, it is highly likely that they will pursue faster decarbonization processes and demand that German companies set net zero targets. However, they are also promising to support businesses' shift to carbon neutrality. Besides, both the SPD and the CDU are strong allies of the German industry. Therefore, increased policy risks for carbon-heavy industries is expected to materialize only in the near to long term, affecting mostly the businesses in constructions, energy, chemical, automotive, and food industries. Lastly, um, any coalition involving the far-right D-Linke would entail elevated risks for the financial markets, although the prospect of such a coalition remains um, very limited for now. Thank you both very much for taking the time to share your insights, and I look forward to speaking with you again in the future. We're now joined by Edward Johnson, Head of Global Intelligence, to highlight some key events to watch in the week ahead. Thank you, Liana. Looking forward to the week ahead, uh, we have the Shia Religious Festival of Abarin starting on the 27th uh, through to the 28th of September. Notably within, within Sub-Saharan Africa and, and Nigeria in particular, the Islamic movement of Nigeria typically holds religious marches around this time, uh, usually in Kaduna, uh, but also in Abuja. The group is actually outlawed by the Nigerian state, so it's very possible that security forces may attempt to, to disperse these demonstrations, triggering possible violent clashes. Looking elsewhere uh, in the Middle East, violent clashes are also possible in Iraq between competing sectarian groups and militias ahead of that country's parliamentary elections on the 10th of October. Possible disruptions to be found elsewhere in coming days. Protests by farmers in India on the 27th of September, you know, set to be nationwide in scale. The movement uh, organized by farmers union unions that will see over 100 groups taking part, uh, which can include opposition parties such as the Indian National Congress and youth organizations. Uh, in anticipation, the government has strengthened security presence across the country, including uh, major urban centers such as in New Delhi, and as well as border areas where farmers have been camped out for over uh, 300, uh, 300 days so far. The protests and security measures are likely to cause temporary but sharp disruption to supply chains and logistics in and around those major cities. Additionally, while farmers have promised that the protests would be peaceful, the large participation by various groups, including many opposition groups, elevates the risk of clashes between protesters and security forces. Looking further east uh, in Japan, the ruling Liberal Democratic Party will hold its leadership contest to elect uh, a new leader on the 29th of September, following uh, Prime Minister Suga's decision to step down. By convention, the new LDP chief will also be uh, appointed as the new Prime Minister of Japan. While significant policy changes are not expected, the outcome of the leadership vote uh, will have some bearing on, the, on this year's upcoming parliamentary election as the LDP seeks to retain its dominance in the Diet. All for this week. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Um, and as if you have any further questions, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us at info at Sibyline. Thank you all very much for listening. <laughs>